Hello and welcome to this week's Bible in the News. This is Paul Barnes joining you from the city of Tiberias on the western shore of the Sea of Galilee. It's impossible to look over the Sea of Galilee without casting your mind back to the amazing events that occurred in this very place. In fact, when you look over the Sea of Galilee, you are seeing the locations of over half of the recorded miracles of the Lord Jesus Christ. Looking up to the north, in the distance you can see Capernaum, the place where Jesus chose to make his home during his ministry, the place he chose to be the centre of his ministry, the place where he called many of his disciples when they were there repairing their nets by the shore, the place where the first and the second miraculous catches of fish occurred, where the woman touched the hem of his garment and was healed of her issue of blood, the place where the paralytic man was let down through the broken roof, where Jairus' daughter was brought back to life, to name just a few of the miracles that occurred in Capernaum. If you look across the lake, you can see the land of the Gadareans, where Legion made his home among the tombs and was healed by Jesus, which of course led to the herd running violently down the steep place into the Sea of Galilee. Less than five miles up the coast is Magdala, the hometown of Mary Magdalene, from whom Jesus cast out seven devils. The place also where the Pharisees and Sadducees came to tempt him, and Jesus answered them, When it is even, you, you say, it will be fair weather, for the sky is red, and in the morning it should be foul weather today, for the sky is red and lowering. O ye hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky, but can ye not discern the signs of the times. Looking across the tranquil waters of the Sea of Galilee, you see a place where once was a raging tempest, only to be calmed by the words of the Lord Jesus, commanding them to be calm. The waters where the Lord Jesus Christ walked, going to his disciples. But also when looking at these places, you can find yourself thinking ahead to the events that are in store for this land, especially in light of the tragedy that is unfolding right now in Ukraine. Because the sad truth is what is happening there will one day happen here to our brethren, the house of Israel. But what we are seeing today is how the leader of the people of the Rus or the people of the Rosh treats his own those who he sees as his people, fellow members of the people of the Rus. But when the leader of the people of the Rus gathers that confederacy together to come against Israel, they will not be coming against people they see as their brothers. They will be coming against people they see as their enemy, people who they see as oppressors and occupiers. And we see today Britain and its allied nations helpless to act, unable to do anything but to ask, why are you doing this? Asking, are you come to take a spoil? But not, and not able to do anything to prevent Russia attacking Ukraine. And we see the stage tragically set for when Israel is the target and those who stand on the sidelines will again be unable to do anything more than to ask, 
art thou come to take a spoil? And we know some of the things that will happen here in the land of Israel during Gog's invasion from prophecy. We're told in Zechariah 14, which is a parallel prophecy of Ezekiel 38, that at the time when all nations will be gathered against Jerusalem to battle, the city will be taken, the houses will be rifled, and the women ravished. We're told that half of the city shall be taken into captivity, and there will be but a residue left in the city. In Joel 3, which is another parallel prophecy of Ezekiel 38, we are told that all nation that when all nations are gathered against Israel, they will be brought to the valley of Jehoshaphat, and God will plead with them there because of how they have treated his people and his land. We read, For behold in those days, and in that time, when I shall bring again the captivity of Judah and Jerusalem, I will also gather all nations, and will bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat, and will plead with them there for my people and for my heritage Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations and parted my land. And they have cast lots for my people, and have given a boy for a harlot, and sold a girl for wine, that they might drink. And God then has a special message for those who are in the coast of Palestine, which is today the Gaza Strip, and those in Tyre and Zidon, which is Lebanon, for what they have been able to do to his people Israel. Yea, and what have ye to do with me, O Tyre and Zidon, and all the coasts of Palestine? Will ye render me a recompense? And if ye recompense me, swiftly and speedily will I turn your recompense upon your own head, because ye have taken my silver and my gold, and have carried, and have carried into your temples my goodly pleasant things. The children also of Judah and the children of Jerusalem have ye sold unto the Grecians, that ye might remove them far from their border. When we think back in history, there isn't a time when God's people have been sold to those of Greece, especially by those in the land of the coast of Palestine. So logically, this must be something that when Gog invades, he allows to happen. He allows those of the coast of Palestine to do this, to sell God's people to the Grecians. But notice, crucially, the reason they're sold is not for money. They're not sold to make a spoil. They are sold that you might remove them far from their border. And I believe this is something that is one of the aims of Gog's military conquest. When we come to Ezekiel 38, verse 10, we see that Gog has an evil thought. And we read, And thou shalt say, I will go up to the land of unwalled villages. I will go to them that are at rest, that dwell safely, all of them dwelling without walls and having neither bars nor gates. And why is it that Gog does this? Or well, verse 12, To take a spoil and to take a prey, to turn thine hand upon the desolate places that are now inhabited, and upon the people that are gathered out of the nations, which have gotten cattle and goods and dwell in the midst of the land. And what exactly this spoil is has been discussed extensively throughout the years. While little discussion has been focused on what the prey in this verse is. But I believe that we are told within this very verse what both the spoil and the prey are. For it says, 
He has come to take a swallow and to take a prey. And how will they do this? We read by turning their hand upon the desolate places and upon the people which are now that are gathered out of the nations. The desolate places are the spoil, the holy land and the holy places. The prey are those who have been gathered out of the nations, the people of Israel. In Joel 3, we read prepare war and the Hebrew here is to sanctify war or to make a holy war. The war against Israel is not for economic reasons. It is a religious war, a holy war against God's people. God, we know, will plead with Gog's confederacy for parting his land. And in Zechariah 14, we read that at that time, when all nations are gathered against Jerusalem to battle, the spoil will be divided in the midst of thee. And here, the word for divide is the same word used for parting God's land in Joel 3. When we look at the things that God pleads with the nations for, we can certainly link back some of the events to things that have happened in the past, especially when we think of the time of the Roman Empire, when they scattered the Jewish people throughout the world. But just as Gog will be, and his confederacy will be, the standing up of the entire image of Daniel 2, the Babylonian, the Roman, the Medo-Persian, and the, and the Roman Empire all together, so I would suggest that Gog will be the manifestation of all these things done against God's people by all of these ancient empires united together and they come against Israel. And so as we see Russia pushing to build up that image empire, Putin himself actually stating that why he wants to do this is because the Ukrainians are part of the people of the Rus, the people of Rosh, who he wishes to unite together. And we know from prophecy that the, that, the, that the Rosh will lead the confederacy that come against God's people, united together. And so as we see these things, as tragic as they are, let us remain hopeful, putting our hope in the future, because these things are sure signs of the times, pointing towards a time when the world will be in peace, when men will beat swords into plowshares and spears into pruning hooks, and men shall learn war no more. Join us again next week for another edition of Bible in the News. <laughs>